Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo in the building. Yes, that is you right here. <laughs> yeah. It's meteorologist Tom Russell. And, uh, you know, Ed and I have been doing this from our homes for a good, better part of a year and a half, it seems. But now we're back in the studio together. So it's nice to see your in-person reactions. Yeah, um, uh, facial expression. Yes. 99% of body language is mm-hmm. done through the facial. face. Mm-hmm. And 99% of it, of body language through the face is done through the eyes, uh, eyes nose, mouth. Wow. Just like, yeah. So I'll, I'll be able to know if you're saying something <laughs> I, that doesn't make sense. Or you might be on to me. me. You yeah. might be on to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is an exciting episode. We're glad you tuned in because we're going to talk about our winter weather preview, which uh, if you want to catch it on television, is going to air on November the 17th during our 6 o'clock news on CBS 21. So you can check it out there. But you're going to get some good stuff here today. Yeah, yeah, so I'm really curious mm-hmm. what your thoughts are. Actually, I know what they are because we all did yeah, it together. Yeah, we, we talked about this. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that we kind of jumped to is, okay, where have we seen this kind of pattern before? So, in other words, we come off a really hot summer, uh, warmest October on record. So, immediately your mind goes to, all right, when have we seen it? Well, there's not a whole lot of those. You know, as no. far as a really hot summer, usually when you get a hot summer, it starts to cool. And that didn't happen. October was off the charts warm. It was. Warmest on record. So that doesn't give us a whole lot of hope there. So then we go to the bigger weather patterns, El Nino, La Nina. And, Ed, we're going to be looking like a moderate La Nina, which means what? Basically, uh, well, when you look at the, the uh, equatorial Pacific, so right. the eastern Pacific Ocean, that's where we have cooler than normal water. And that affects the jet stream. I mean, ocean currents literally drive global weather patterns. They Um, do. They do. They do. So uh, the effects of that here would mean overall uh, uh, temperatures running uh, slightly above normal, probably looking at Mm. snowfall, slightly Uh, below below average. average. Right. Okay, so that's a bigger pattern. Yeah. But you specifically focused in on something we call... The North Atlantic Oscillation. So if you kind of think of, you know, here we are in the northeast of the U.S., this kind of sits over Greenland as a high pressure, or it can go to two different phases. Correct. So, you know, these are all weather patterns that we're talking about. I mean, I would consider El Nino and La Nina. Right, but people confuse them. That's a good point. They confuse them as storms. They're not storms. Right. They're overall patterns. They, right. can, they can last a half a year. They can last two weeks. That kind right. Of thing. So uh, when you're talking about weather events, I mean, weather mm-hmm. events can be on the scale of months. You know, mm-hmm. when you're talking right. about climate events, you're talking about maybe, okay, we're seeing stronger than usual El Nino over the past 10 years. Right. That's a climate time scale. So even though we're talking about these long duration, you know, events, they're still on the time scale of what we would consider weather. So, uh, yeah, so expecting a La Nina for, you know, the majority of the winter, which, you know, is three months, a little longer. Okay. Um, so the North Atlantic Oscillation is even a smaller scale event, still w- considered weather, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, the, the North Atlantic Oscillation can flip every few weeks. Like it could be just right. a, like we have two phases of the North Atlantic Oscillation, a positive and negative phase, and sometimes the phase will last a month, sometimes it'll last two weeks, maybe yep. even as little as a week. Right. So basically, uh, when we look at the North Atlantic Oscillation, it's an area of pressure 
over Greenland, high or low pressure. So when, right. when we have an area of low pressure over Greenland, that usually kind of causes a more progressive jet stream here, more, Pacific air. More active stuff for more, us. Yeah, more active stuff for us, which doesn't necessarily mean snow, and oftentimes it means rain. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, that's the positive phase of the North Atlantic Oscillation. The negative phase is when we have this big blocking high over Greenland mm -hmm. that kind of buckles the jet stream in such a way where it – uh, dips over the eastern U.S., so the colder air dives south, sometimes right. so extensively that um, the snow, uh, the storm track can get suppressed to our south or even too far to the east, or sometimes it's just right enough where we get those coastal storms that generate uh, some of our, our bigger snow events. So in a moderate La Nina, you can still have a negative NAO. Uh, that kind of setup seems to be less likely because we do have less big snow events in a La Nina pattern, but right. you can get, you know, a favorable weather pattern in the eastern U.S. that develops for a short period of time, even in a moderate La Nina, which overall usually gives us a mild winter. Well, this is like a master's course on uh, all these patterns. Yeah. But basically, people can think of it as, as you were saying, in a time scale kind of frame, La Nina would be a longer time frame scale. Uh, the North Atlantic Oscillation, a shorter time scale, but also more impactful directly to us here in the eastern U.S., would you agree? Correct, and that's actually a really good point that you, that you make. You know, uh, La Nina kind of tends to drive the general theme of the entire winter, but when you're talking about a local weather pattern, the mm -hmm. NAO will have a more significant impact here, at least in the shorter term. And, you know, in, in moderate La Ninas, you can still get big snow events. They're less likely, um, but it, you know, these patterns don't necessarily mean in absolute terms that we're not going to see right. this at all or we're not going to see that It's not an all, all or nothing proposition. Correct. Okay. So you did a, a little story on, on the North Atlantic Oscillation, which you're going to share during our special. So as we kind of put all these things together, um, let's kind of bounce off and, and tell people kind of what we're thinking here. Uh, we think overall temperatures are going to be slightly above average for the season. So when we talk about meteorological winter, we're talking about December, January, and February. But with that said, we do think we're going to get some of this cold air pretty quickly here. Uh, and maybe even as folks are listening to this, we're experiencing some of our coldest yet this season. So cold early in the season. And then we also think another bout of cold late in the season. Yeah. So, you know, as we... You know, we were talking about kind of a front-loaded winter right. where we could see uh, in that first uh, beginning cold, we could see, you know, some some snow, uh, doubtful much accumulation, although, you know, of course, it always just takes one. Uh, but uh, and then kind of a mild, milder uh, turn of the new year in, into 22, 2022. And then uh, we kind of turn into the old-fashioned style, cold January, maybe a couple snow events. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, not as cold for February. But then but that cold lingering. It lingers. It doesn't. Back end of the season. Yeah, so. it, and we've had some pretty big snows in March, so I never uh, rule that one out. Right, right. So. And also, so you know, probably a lot of mixed bag type events. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what everybody always asks, as you know, Ed, and we cringe, but people will say, what about the polar vortex? Yeah. Uh, so we don't see a lot of those Arctic blasts. If we see them, they'll kind of be few and far between is what you and I were saying. Right. And, and remember when the, when the polar vortex is weak, that's typically when we see our mm. cold blasts get funneled southward. Cause that thing is like, it usually is a very tight area of really that, super cold air at the Arctic. Right. And when the polar vortex weakens, it 
kind of becomes buckles was a good word. Yeah, right? buckles. It it's not that perfectly concentric area of cold. When it becomes less disorganized and weakens, chunks of that can break off and and slide to the south. Ooh. Yeah. And, and impact us. When you say it the way you did, it sounds like a terrible <laughs> it thing. It does, doesn't it? It's yeah. a little more intimidating that yeah. way. All right, so that's a look temperature-wise. Let's talk precipitation. We kind of touched on it a little bit. We think overall snowfall is going to be below average for the season. For us at HIA, for Central PA, is generally around 30 inches for the whole season. Yeah, so you know we're talking about below normal, you know, anywhere in the 20s, maybe 25, 30 inches. Um but, you know, that's, that's barring we obviously don't see any significant storms, which, which a, any it, given year can be half a season's worth of snow. <laughs> in and, one storm, and, that's in true. In one storm. And, it's imp- you know, and this is where we have to respect the uncertainty of the situation because barring there are no anomalous events like that, like big storms, that's what we're thinking. Right. And uh, any big snow would kind of be, as you mentioned, on the backside of winter uh, when maybe we get a little cold again. Uh, a lot of our bigger snows late season actually happen with kind of a, a big temperature swing. So you kind of warm up, you think, oh, spring's here, and then you get this shot of cold air right when some moisture's coming, and you can get a really decent March snowfall. Yeah, you know, and when you're talking about a lot of the snow events being on the backside of the winter, that, that really is true. And, and, and last year was a perfect example of that. In December, we had that big snowstorm, impending oh, yeah. snowstorm. I mean, the models were showing two feet or more of snow you remember that yeah, yeah, yeah showing two feet or more of snow we were all sitting here scratching our heads if that ever happened here in harrisburg that would be an all-time record yeah, never s- single snow so you know you got to really question when you're forecasting an event that's never happened before you really have to put the climate into perspective what's normal right and yep. you know as the storm started developing, this was mid-December of last year, um, we started to notice this warm tongue coming off of the Atlantic saying, okay, there it is. Hmm. There's the mixed precipitation that's probably going to cut these snowfall totals in half. Right. And I think we got around 10. It was still a very healthy snowfall. It was. It was but it wasn't the December. two feet that people were calling for. Right. So, you know, for us to get a big snow like that everything has to come together yeah it really does you know it's like baking you you, you can't just ballpark ingredients (laughs) you know you got to be very precise and and accurate otherwise you're going to come out with something that's chewy or it falls apart (laughs) it's always food with you but 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 this guy eats so healthy so there's so many baking analogies with weather you know (laughs) that's true it is a recipe uh and that's what makes uh you know especially every our day-to-day forecast is hard you know, to be honest with you. And then when you try to do a whole season, that's even more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many things we're not even mentioning here. Sea surface temperatures, uh, you know, the local geography that really comes into play. We see that so many times with snow events. Um, so bear with us as we go through uh, the upcoming season. We love the challenge. We love doing it. Uh, we know nobody's perfect, but we do try our best. Yeah. No, yeah. and yeah, there's there's a ton of variables with it. I mean, there's a chance Earth could get thrown off its orbit. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's very... We <laughs> joke, but that's one of the things they've kind of studied on its <laughs> axis, that little wobble. Yeah, yeah. That has so, a big influence. You know, I kind of joke there, but uh, yeah. So there are little, you know, the Earth tilts at a certain angle every year, but over tens of thousands of years, mm-hmm. that 
uh, axial tilt. Is that, is that what it's that called? That would be the term, or yeah, the, the wobble, the, right? The, yeah, the axial tilt will adjust a little bit, which could cause a, you know, a, a shift in seasons. Right. Where, you know, it's, you know, and these shifts happen every, you know, tens of thousands of years. It's a very right. gradual thing, so it's not like you notice it in your lifetime. Well, you do notice it in the fact that, like, some people were saying, hey, you know, look, we're getting warmer falls. You know, it's staying warmer a little later into October. That could be that as opposed to, you know, just this, climate change or just this nebulous word that really doesn't mean anything you know if we if we look at that wobble like you're saying that little tilt in the axis that could be a decade's worth of slightly later you know summer temperatures in yeah the fall. It, it could be and and even after the uh boxing boxing day tsunami uh, 2004 the earthquake in indonesia mm-hmm. um that caused a wobble a measured wobble Literally. I mean that was yeah. that was a huge huge earthquake. I mean when you have an earthquake a like that event, right. that produced a so- tsunami of that caliber, I think even the Japanese tsunami in 2011 kind of created a little yeah. s- subtle subtle wobble. I mean that's a big chunk of energy that's rippling throughout the earth and can cause um a wobbling, a, a slight shift in sure. in the the tilt of how the earth tilts away and towards the sun. So so yeah, and that could you know be twenty years worth of wobble that happened in just you know that one event that that one event. Yeah, so so it, it's very interesting. It just shows you how sensitive um, the uh, I don't climate know. Uh, climate can be based on. Yeah, but it's uh, but I always I temper that with the the Earth is also very resilient. Oh you sure, know, you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah. like you're saying, it can tick. Uh, you know, a couple degrees, or it can it can kind of change a pattern. You know, as we discover it over time. But I think the Earth is just so amazing how it, it can handle these incredible events that do happen. And then you know, we kind of look back and wonder, and go, "Wow, that's pretty." There's cool. the, there there. You know, I think I think the, you know, I like to believe the Earth is designed that way, where it can have these feedbacks right. in order to keep things. In, in somewhat of a balance. Look, Mother yep. Nature always wants to even things out. It's mm-hmm. all about yin and yang. It's all about equilibrium. So that's why, you know, one of the things you and I talk about is, you know, climate change isn't only bad. Climate change can be good, you yeah. know, and increased food production and, and warmer temperatures can be good. So we always have to look at the at the big picture. There. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, with a lot of, you know, s- stories these days, you know, everything seems to have like a heavy, heavy a negative, negative, yeah. negative approach. That's but, true. Uh, you know, this is, it's raining Met, so we always try to be as positive <laughs> well, as possible. Well, that's why I was just going to say, we lighten things up, put Ed on the spot, oh, Christmas geez. snow. Oh, man. White Christmas? Well, we did do our special, so I really don't ha- have any more time to wait. <laughs> so, what do you think? Um... Well, I, like I said, like we've been saying, I yeah. think we see a little cold, some snow, you know, on the front side of winter. But I Come mean, that, on, that, that's it. getting late December. I'm very it indecisive. It doesn't look I? good. Yeah, it doesn't. What look did good. I say last year? I forget. What did I say? I think we we left the the window open for that a little bit, and we did have a little bit before Christmas. So we did, but then we good. were also 70 degrees Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I was tracking thunderstorms Christmas yes, Eve. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Um, yeah, Santa was coming through that. I'm so gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say no. I'm gonna lean no also. Yeah. Not, not to be a negative Nelly here, but then it doesn't look that. Maybe likely. some, maybe some, maybe it'll feel like Christmas. Christmas maybe like the forties. Maybe like a Hallmark movie. Yeah, starring Ed Russo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the weatherman yeah. says he's tracking thunderstorms, but then 
Here comes the snow. I can see it in a Hallmark movie. That'll work. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'll talk to our producers about it, say if I'm Hallmark material. All right, so look for our winter weather special, basically what we just kind of went over in a much more concise fashion on CBS 21, November 17th at 6 o'clock. So, Ed, uh, you are the resident bug guy, and I I pulled it out to you, the woolly worm, which is uh, of uh, infinite... Uh, folklore as far as weather goes. So if you see a woolly worm, and we're talking about those little furry guys, if they have more black than brown, they tend to indicate a harsher winter. If it has more brown than black, it means a milder winter. So you're going to do a story on this? You're going to investigate for us? Yeah, I'm going to talk to uh, Bob Carey, Mm -hmm. who's a local arborist, and uh, about this folklore, where it's come from, Mm -hmm. and and, and hopefully see a few. Although I'm doing a you know, on Friday, um, and I'm hoping the rain doesn't, the rain should be over by the time I'm out there, but I'm not sure if that'll drive them away or not. I have seen a lot of, you tend to see them, I've seen them a lot like on sidewalks. Yeah, you see them on, uh, not necessarily, I think they hang in trees and stuff and then fall off, but yeah, you tend to see them in a parking lot or, uh, you know, into a sidewalk or something like that. Um, but right now what I've seen is uh, leaning again toward that milder, uh, winter overall, but uh, you know, inevitably somebody finds an all black one and says, "Ah, see, that's what winter's going to be." It's gonna yeah, be rough. so it's when you see two that have totally different coloring schemes, like which 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 way do you <laughs> which go? way are you going? I think that's when they determine that they just don't know. They don't. They, don't, they haven't looked at enough enough data. Now, do you know what the uh, uh, moth is called? The moth that it becomes. You mean correct? The woolly worm. I don't know. The woolly moth, maybe. Uh, it is. That'd be nice if it was that simple. Yes, but the it's woolly not. worm becomes what? It's called the Isabella tiger moth. Really? Yeah, it's a big, it's a big one too. Isabella tiger it's, moth. Yeah, and it, they're big, big yellow uh, like that. It's showing me a picture. Oh yeah. Yeah, and they can camouflage, camouflage pretty well in leaf litter. Do they come out? Oh, in leaf litter. Yeah. So when when would you see them? I, as so a moth? I think I, I think they. I think they overwinter as caterpillars in the leaf litter. I'm not sure yet. I'll find this out tomorrow. Okay. All right, um, you'll share that with us. That'll yeah, and then um, I don't do they pupate in the spring? Yeah, I but would think so. Moths, I you know consider yeah, more fall. Eh, but, but you get some in the spring. You right? get some in the spring too. So, but yeah, their coloring they can easily hide in in the leaves just because of their yeah. covering coloring alone. So yeah, right. we'll be talking about that. Talking about uh, still seeing some lanternfly issues, egg casings. I'll be demonstrating how to get rid of those. But their season is over, right? Yeah, I'm not seeing many yeah, fly around anymore. But you see their egg casings. Yeah, so we don't. We want to kill this thing. Yeah, you don't want to transport those around. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. The stink bugs, uh, seeing them, and they don't stink unless you crush them. I haven't seen too many stink bugs, but we're just now getting cold enough where usually you see them kind of gravitate toward mm-hmm. the the windows and the warmer spots. I've seen, I've seen some flies too. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so well, it's been very warm all through October, it ha- so it has been. Maybe they're hanging on. Yeah, it's the wrong around. time of year. It's like the Amityville Horror. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, that's quite a leap. <laughs> yeah. uh, not right. that many, thankfully. <laughs> all right, anything else on your mind, my young friend? Uh, there's always something on my mind. That's but we for were sure. going to talk about something else, but we what might have it? to wait. I don't remember. Uh, we could just sit here and have five minutes of dead air <laughs> until it comes on. <laughs> until, it, until, it, until it comes. So you on. literally see that light bulb over yeah, top of it. Yeah. Head. No, it's always nice to catch up with you we're excited about sharing our winter thoughts but uh either way winter is here and it's time to deal with it yep and uh you know in six months we'll be 
Doing our spring preview. Doing our, doing our <laughs> spring preview. So. There you go. There you All go. right, Tom, great to see you. You too, my friend. Enjoyed it. All right. You are listening to It's Raining Mets.